0: Alright, well hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of The B-Team. We are here, out of necessity, our <laughs> commissioned officers have once again abandoned us and left us scrubs to uh, carry, it seems like that's all I do is carry, doesn't matter, Rocket League, this podcast, it doesn't matter, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just always carrying, that's... That's just what I was born to do, I guess. But anyway, I got I got Kaylin with me. What's up, Kalen?
1: Hey, how's it going? And I
0: got Will. What's up, Will? What is up? So, uh, you guys went to Worlds. Do you guys? I know. I don't know if our listeners are just completely done with 1.0, but do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? I guess
1: we can talk a little bit about All right. it. Uh, I did go to Worlds but I didn't actually get a ticket to play X wing so I did couldn't actually play in the main event, so I just mainly side events, so I did a little bit of Destiny just to get prize prize tickets and some hangar bays.
2: Yeah, I did uh I did get a ticket so I uh competed in the uh the main event. Um but uh I mentioned it a little bit on the uh the previous cast. I, I decided to run, you know, a list just purely for fun. So um, I mean, anyone that saw what I was flying kind of knew on first class that I was just there to have some fun. Um, so I was running five uh, <laughs> five headhunters with dead man switch, um, uh, Dalen Oberos um, or whatever in the chemo with R5 TK and uh, VI and harpoon missiles. So. Uh, basically trying to set up the uh, the big massive splash explosion <laughs> by shooting my own Z's with the harpoons and, and triggering massive dead man damage so didn't work out as uh, as well as I was hoping and again I was just playing games just to have fun so I didn't really have high hopes for for doing well or anything um, but I just ran into you know the most kind of crazy combination of matchups that just didn't even make it all that much fun in most of the games. So um, it was unfortunate, but, you know, I had a lot of fun, you know, hanging with the guys and, and seeing everybody there, like always. So
0: uh, so Kalen, you didn't play, but that was uh, in no fault Peter Foos. Um, shout out to Peter Foo Tried to get Kalen a ticket. He uh, He's a really cool guy, too, but FFG wasn't having it. So so will we we also talked about this on the last episode, but I think I feel like it deserves another mention. So, do you regret not running the control bots? Because I know
2: you've been flying that a lot in hindsight. Uh, I mean, in hindsight, a little, but uh, I I would say you know just just a little bit. Like I was super you know proud to obviously see the list do well, um, get a chance to talk to Jesper a little bit, which was cool. Um, and then see Simeon just fly like, like an absolute badass with it. Um, but more, more of me was happy that I didn't because I know how mentally intensive that list is to run and do well. And I just know that I personally just didn't have the energy to, to deal with putting all that effort in, uh, especially because I've been super busy with other stuff. I haven't really been able to play and didn't really have the desire to play a whole lot, you know, this year just because of all the other matchup crap going on. Um, so there was, yeah, a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of regret, you know, not, not flying it. I mean, it was with me. It was literally the other list that was in the car that I was, like, debating between, you know, that morning even. Um, you know, because I knew that was the list that was going to give me the best chance to do well. But uh, uh, in the end, I was like, hey, I'm going to choose fun over over success here. And um, did have a couple games that were fun. Um, I don't want to, you know, discredit that. And I can't remember the names of my opponents, unfortunately. But um, there were a couple fun games. But, um at the same time, I dealt with a Ghost Fen that was, you know, not super fun. Um, even though the game was a lot closer than it should have been, I had a Dash Miranda list that, that you know, of course that's not fun for headhunters. Um, and then I had a 100-point ray, you know, yeah. as well. That, you know, you can't really do much there. So, um, you, you and then the my first stuff, game... Basically, is yeah, well, I mean, the funniest matchup actually was my first matchup on the open because I was talking to a couple of the guys you know when they saw that I had five head hunters sitting there and they're like what the hell are you flying and they're like oh I, I I'm terrified if we match up because it'll just be all sorts of spat, like all sorts of splash damage and I'm like what are you flying and he's like oh triple harpoon, harpoon dead eye skurg and I'm like oh yeah I don't want to see you that's not no. fun I'm going to like lose half my list yep. you, you do. I get matched up with you that do, dude first round you do lose round. half your list well um, I know
0: from experience
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I lost. I matched up against that guy first round, <laughs> so that was already an auto loss. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I finished two and four, um, and I had two matchups that literally were coin flips. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one match against Palpace's that literally came down to one hit point on a Ryad. Mm-hmm. Um and I had opportunities if my two headhunters were just flipped on the board position, I would have been able to suicide them and get the kill point by going off the board or through a rock or whatever on multiple turns. But the headhunters were just kind of inverted in position. I couldn't get the the right one to the suicide position at the right time. So that was literally a coin flip game. And then the Dash Miranda game actually was much closer than it had any right of being. Um, I ended up in Trap Dash and killed him, and then it was just Miranda. Um, but I had a couple tricky K-turns with the chemo that I had to do, and he slammed, and then I didn't have him an arc, and then never was able to get back caught back up, because then he regened, and that was game. Um, so those games were kind of coin flips, and then I did have a game against Ghost Fen, where uh, it was late in the tournament, I was tired, I forgot that he had dash crew on his ghost, because that, to me at least, that's not a an archetype huh. that I've played no. before. And I saw how he was coming in, and he boosted with coordinate right into the middle of the rocks, and I'm like, well, okay, great, this is going to be a free ghost next turn, because I'll have range one shots with most of my Zs, if not all of them. And then he did the two hard turn right onto the rock, and I'm like, what the hell? Okay, and then he had dash crew, and I was sad. Um, uh, But not only that, but that game, I, I whiffed on like three or four of the headhunter shots, like right opening exchange. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I need to get these damage down. And then the next round, I it was like another two of them whiffed. And I'm like, well, this is crazy. This is like four or five damage on that ghost that I should have, but that I don't have. And turns out the game ends, and the only thing on the table is a ghost with three hit points left. So, and of course he had the attack shuttle still, but, you know, the ghost should have been off the table a turn earlier. And that possibly could have been a win. So, I mean, so those are three games that I lost that I had a chance at at winning, so I mean it's not like I think the the list is an auto lose in in most matchups, but there are some that are rougher than others yeah. for sure.
0: Okay, so let's talk about now uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the final or the lead up to it, but I found myself like that was like probably like the first time in like 3 years where I was like super impressed at like watching someone fly uh you rewatching that at all or
1: so I'll go through actually my day so I actually showed up a few people i met um Timo rabe uh the, i think US, not US, uh, German national winner he introduced myself we introduced each other there we had some good times and a few others in the hangar bays but i on the day of the finals, I played the hangar bay with actually will in the same pod <laughs> yeah that was fun. Uh, it's you start? Um, and then after that, I pretty much once the cuts started, I found a chair at the streaming area and sat there for the entire time. So I watched through all the games. Okay. I was did not move because I knew it was like if I was gonna if I would move I lose my uh-huh. chair. So I, I I pitched a tent and camped <laughs> and wa- watched all the games.
2: Yeah, I uh, <laughs> Tyler and I were kind of kind of sitting on some of the. Uh, uh those bleachers. The chairs bleachers around the yeah, on the on the bleacher spot yep. and uh you know <laughs> there's a bunch of the pictures floating around of Tyler just absolutely thrilled watching some <laughs> of those games um i was i was definitely like you were Blair, I was super into all of the the la- especially the last four uh uh games or at least you know the top 4 games you know with Simeon and Nathan um and then yeah. the final for sure those were those were absolutely amazing mm-hmm. um but, uh, but yeah, like, it was so refreshing to see a final with no turreted ships in it. Um, arcs mattered, flying mattered, you know, for the most part, actions mattered. You know, there was Palpatine on the board, and, you know, there was Advanced Sensors PTL, so you could kind of avoid losing actions through bumping and stuff. But at the same time, those are big bases with arcs that only have front arcs, so it's, you know, I know just as well as anybody how hard it is to try and keep arc with those things in certain situations. So... Um, it was just a really, really good job of all four of those the the guys in the top four. You know, all day, you know, doing phenomenal job. So,
1: yeah, they were very exciting games to watch. The only time part was um, during the mid game between Nathan and Simon. Uh, I was, I did actually almost fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> when Cornhorn was running. I yeah. knew like, there's not much going on. There's yeah. not much you could have done in that position. Uh-huh. Um, and then the final game, you can you can really tell like it was a good game. But right. um, the Dutch player playing the imperialist, so you could really tell at all the length of the tournament. Like the, he, he seemed a little tired. I think he was also just be ha- He was just imp- probably happy with himself how far he got. Right. And there some maneuvers I questioned, but other than that, it looked pretty good. It was overall like the, the um, was it Simone or Simo- Simon Simeon? Yeah,
2: Simon. Simeon. Simeon. Yeah.
1: So so Simeon, he played out of his mind like every game. You yeah. Like he could tell, could tell he was. Like, looking at him, he looked a little overconfident, but he never took it too far. Yep. He always knew where to go. He flew, he flew out his mind. No, we
0: were saying in the chat okay. in our Slack channel, like, he definitely had the right demeanor. Like, he was into it, but you could tell he, like, he wasn't taking it, like, super seriously. I, and that's that's the mentality you gotta have. Like, you gotta be focused, but you can't feel like the moment is too big for you either. And, yeah. Really, really impressive. Yeah, but, and...
2: And, I mean, we we are playing this game to have fun, right? We're pushing spaceships yeah. around the board. And, yeah. and he's like, having fun. You, yep. you can tell. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: so I got to say two things about... So, first off, the narrative of him winning is just so goddamn hilarious. I was able to explain this to, like, my family, who has, like, no idea what X-Wing is. So, he, here's how... Here's basically what happened. Guy's dad... Wins European Championship with Jank. <laughs> pr- proceeds to get made fun of by tons of Americans. Most... Even those who may or may not be on this cast. <laughs> uh, but, and most notably another cast, which I won't name. Starts with a K, ends with uh, <laughs> K. It had, gets, it had gets, between. gets tons of shit or basically Europe gets tons of shit like oh look at, look at how bad you guys are freaking Levo's winning okay so then fast forward 11 months dude's son proceeds to th- come to America with an even jankier list and literally beat everyone like I-, I mean I'm just gonna borrow a phrase and say like get good wrecked like <laughs> seriously like that that's so hilarious to me but uh so the second one I don't know if you were there did you go to the Goldies you guys either of you
2: Yeah I was
1: I was there but it was very loud yeah, and very drunk Yeah
2: Yeah I was uh, I was there it was hard so to hard to follow a little bit sometimes yeah. it was hard to hear sometimes it was yeah, yeah just a lot of drunk people around yeah. you know which is cool it's part of the fun but yeah,
0: yeah. So shout out to Lyle who actually won one for yep. a list juggler
2: yeah, that's okay. that's for sure. Yeah, uh, and
0: I also was up for one. Did you guys see this? Yep, I was up for uh, best performance by a non medalist, and when they announced it, I saw who I was up against. I remember thinking, okay, Jesper's probably the only other guy who's got it. But I think <laughs> I I think I got it over him, and so he ends up winning it, and the literal next day his list. Wins goddamn worlds. <laughs> yes. Like, wow. So I, I hope you enjoy your non-meta list performance, Jesper. Your world championship-winning list. God, <laughs> what the hell?
2: hey uh, I mean, you know, I you know I'm partial player. I can't. Like... Oh, I know.
0: Like, <laughs> see, like that list takes tons of skill. Yeah. No doubt. I just thought it was hilarious how it. It's a non-meta list, and then it literally wins worlds like that. Yeah, right? that was that was, yeah. that
2: was It was kind of ironic in that way. Um, and I, and Tyler, I guess technically, you know, did win a Goldie for I guess the most likely to, to blind <laughs> blind dead. So <laughs> so so we gotta we gotta claim another one for sure.
1: I, did, I thought Ricky got one too. Uh, I think he did. That I just so can't. Perfect.
2: I just can't remember off the top of my head what that one was for.
1: Well, it has something to do with him probably announcing or being loud.
2: Um, actually, I think he might have just accepted Lyle's. Um, now that I think about it, but I could be wrong.
1: Uh, I know he did accept that, but I thought he have got something himself. To uh,
2: he could have. I just, yeah, there was a pile of stuff on the table <laughs> at the the bed and, yeah. bed and breakfast. I can't remember what was all there. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Yeah. But going to the world's list, one thing, but. Uh, Simeon winning with the IG-8. I was, like, happy because, oh, like, oh, no one's going to copy that. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> everyone tried to... Well, some people will, but, like, go ahead and just grab it because it's not just an easy list to fly. No, I yeah. it's not, like, I think
2: everyone's comments, like, in our group as we were, uh you know, going out to the sports bar afterwards um was <laughs> everyone ready to, to see a whole bunch of terrible robot players <laughs> try and make that work. <laughs> um. <laughs> because uh, I know you know just you know how it normally goes you know you just see a whole bunch of people being like okay I'm just gonna net deck whatever one worlds and they're gonna try and put that on the table and it is going to go absolutely horrible for them they're not gonna get any of it, they're gonna be like, "What do you mean? I'm only doing max of one damage a turn with one of these things?" <laughs> and you know, like, they're not gonna get it at all, and it's gonna be hilarious. So, yeah, um i I'm mean doing
0: one yeah. damn Where's my five dice harpoon with full bombs? What it, the hell? Exactly. Is what? Yeah. yeah. What do and you I mean? I don't have a yeah, turret my... at friend game <laughs> and infinite bombs. No, the, no what, they're gonna try it.
1: Three dice unmodified attack twice. Yep. <laughs>
0: they're they're gonna try it. This is what's gonna happen. They, they probably tried it for two weeks. And then, like, we're like, F it, going back to Wookiees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: The uh, um, the best uh, experience that, that I've kind of had, or I guess learning experience with that list, um, is, you know, you've got the Ion Bomb on C. And it's one of those weird tools that uh, you've always got the threat of it, and you've got the unique ability to kind of advance sensors boost and then drop it before you move, and, and that mm-hmm. type of utility. Um, but at the same time, you've got two ships out there with large base uh if you're not careful you know when you're trying to plan and execute you can easily eye on yourself (laughs) you -hmm. know if you drop it in the wrong time and uh there's been a couple of times early on you know trying to figure out when i can utilize it that i have eye on my other ship now one time i did it and i was like oh crap i didn't see that you know i just misread the matrix a little bit early The other time I did it intentionally knowing I was going to ion myself, because at the same time that meant I was ioning his entire list. So Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those utility pieces that if you're not a smart player, you are going to hose yourself trying to use. Same thing with the cargo chutes. Like, IGs do not necessarily want to see more debris on the field, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. if you drop that cargo chute and don't think it through, you're going to end up screwing yourself worse than Mm -hmm. your opponent when you do it wrong. So... Um, I think Tyler tried to fly it at a couple store champs just because he, uh, he wanted to, to see how it flew and you know that type of thing, and I think the first comments that he made was, you're not playing any X-Wing that I've ever played before, because you're not playing to necessarily do damage, you're playing to control. And he's like, he tried to set up the cargo shoots. he says, I think he, his thought was too much, and then he would kind of hose himself, because he would put himself in a bad position with it later, um, which is yeah. definitely a, a learning curve that you kind of have to go through. So... Um. yeah, a whole bunch of people have probably try it out, but it is not one of those things that you're going to see spammed and sitting at top tables a whole lot in the Store Champ season and and all that coming up because it takes a special brain to fly that thing. And you have to be really, really good with IGs to begin with to even have a fighting chance with it, to be honest. I
0: remember Tyler said, I think the first thing he said to me was just like, if you make one mistake, like, yep, that's, that's it. Yep, the, yeah. If you get caught, like, in arc at range 2, it's like, forget about it. So. Yeah. Oh,
2: the, the robot's is fault, yep. right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's
0: super hard to do, so...
2: Ig- exactly. It's like, it's lots of self-bumping, it's lots of self-castling, mm-hmm. um, but it's not the, like, NPE versions of bumping and castling. It's, like, extremely strategic. Like, you're trying to, like, slow play, uh, or at least slow roll with big bases, which is hard. Um, but at the same time, keep your arcs pointed in very strategically key areas. Um, and then, the uh, one of the more subtle, tricky aspects of it is once you do have something ioned, if it's a small base ship and it's like got a ways before you can like walk it off the board, uh, it's very challenging to keep range enough to keep the ion pressure on for yeah. turn after turn. Because with a large it, base, you catch yep. up to it too quickly. Yeah. So um, there is an awful lot of nuance to doing all of that correctly in order to keep that ion pressure in in ways that you need to keep it on um miranda and nim for example are perfect you know perfect examples of ships that yes the ions are there to control the bombs and to control where they go and they're low agility ships but if you don't have enough spacing and you don't have it spaced out right you're gonna end up bumping them and then that gives them a term to, you know, Miranda to slam away and drop bombs on you and, you know, uh, get away. And then you have to reset. And sometimes that's all it takes to have game over, you know.
0: All right. So I think, I think we can move on if that's all we got. Uh,
1: yes.
0: We I mean, can, can go on. So 2.0, uh, we talked about it extensively last episode. Uh, There's definitely been a number of releases since then. It it seems like it's mostly been the ships, Will. Is that that what you've been seeing too, mostly?
2: Yeah, I think when they did the... uh, what do they call it, the conversion kits, um, uh-huh. or whatever Whatever they did those yeah. unboxing kind of teases yeah. and stuff last week. Uh, it looked like they were pretty much just kind of doing pilots and uh, mm-hmm. a couple upgrades here and there. Like, they yeah. showed what, I think, the new version of the bomblet generator does and some of the other bombs and stuff. But I think for the most part it's been the pilots and the, the dials of the ships and stuff.
0: Okay. So, God, I don't know if we want to go through... All of them. Um.
2: um there's a lot. <laughs> There was a lot of stuff from that. All right, so um,
0: go ahead and throw a ship out there. We'll go ahead and talk about it. Well, Actually, I'll start off. Yep. So, go. Z five. Super yeah. sad. <laughs> the, they get the bear roll. I honestly don't care. I'd rather have the PS two. So uh, the binary pirates still PS one. They dropped the it down to PS one as well, which I mean, it probably should be PS one, but it really hurts the rebel synergy that I had, uh, really been relying on for the last year or so, especially with the tracers. So, well, I, the-
2: I think you're going to be able to look and see, you know, um, I can't remember. They did spoil like the blue squadron escort for like an X-wing and um, the. Uh, I don't think it's the gold squad's the lowest initiative, right? It's the gray squad. That's the lowest initiative. Y-wing. Yeah, the
1: gray squads. P- PS2. Yeah. So. Or so you, you. Initiative. Yeah. Three. So you got
2: those at initiative two. You're probably going to have your Tala equivalent, or is it Tala? Or which is the PS three or four headhunter it's, on the rebel side? PS
0: in one It's PS four Tala.
2: The, the Tala, you'll probably have that equivalent. It's just a matter of, what did they price it? You know, like, do you only pay one more point, or is it two more points? Or what is the, the price jump that you have to go up yeah. to the... The, to well, keep I, the, I hope it's, the? same.
0: I hope it's PS2, obviously, for an extra... Yep.
2: Yeah, like a point or two, yeah. yep Because yep.
0: I really hope, I really, really hope. But, because, yeah, that... I guess 3 would be fine, too, but 2... I mean, having everyone at the same PS is, God... Just so huge.
2: Yeah, and I think that was one of the points that uh, both Frank and Alex at various times have mentioned, either just in discussions with people or some of the videos online. Um, the reason that they made the choice or one of the big ones to go from an, you know a nine point pilot skill scale to a six point initiative scale is that compresses a lot of pilots into those same pilot skill brackets or initiative brackets, so you can have that better squad synergy now. The only trick to it is that, at least in my experience, how I usually used VI and adaptability, and I know this is counter to everyone else in the meta, just trying to go as high as they could with PS10 and 11 and stuff, but I usually used VI and adaptability to have that flexibility and get pilots at the same pilot skill. So when I ran, like, Triple Defenders, and this is just mostly for fun. I haven't run it at a tournament, but I did, you know, Merrick, uh, Vessary, and Riad, and I was using Adapt and VI on, you know, Riot and Vessary to get everyone at PS7, just so they're all the same, um, you know, just so you could kind of use that same PS utility and, and stuff. So, um, not having access to any of those initiative uh, changes is, for the health of the game in the big scheme, it's very good, obviously, but. I'm hoping that they also thought about ways. Maybe there's different upgrades or something that can allow you to shift a shift an initiative up or down if you need to at the lower level, not at the high level, to give that flexibility in list building. Um, but we'll also probably have an abundance of pilots. I'm hoping at some of those similar initiative values for that purpose.
0: Uh, so was SCS already spoiled, or was that something they were that we just?
1: FCS has now been spoiled. Uh-
2: is is this new, Will? Uh, I think they at least talked about it on one okay. of the videos early on, but I don't think we've seen the card. Maybe we have seen the card now. Wait, um, yeah, it's been spoiled. Yep. So now it says,
0: while you perform an attack, if you have a lock on the defender, you may reroll one attack die. If you do, you cannot spend your target lock this attack. So... Yeah. That's a pretty big nerf, I'd have to say.
2: It, it definitely is, but I think it's uh, one. It's it's a nice thematic change, um, and two, I I think it's it's a it's a warranted one. Um, one of the main things I think, if you look back at kind of the history of 1.0, this is one of those cards that when it initially came out in Wave Three. Um, i looked at it and i kind of had to read it twice i remember specifically it was like one of those first cards i had to read twice like wait i couldn't have read that right the first time because it essentially just gives you a free action without any penalty whatsoever for taking it right and action economy was one of those things in early x-wing which was always super critical that's why push the limit became You know, super impressive. Vader was really good um, in wave one specifically onward Um, and then he just needed the advanced targeting computer to to up his damage output but um, fire control I looked at it and I was like everyone was on advanced sensors on B-Wings early and I was like I think fire control is better but I understand because advanced sensors allows you to avoid blocking and get the 2Ks in and stuff like that but you translate that to multiple waves later and fire control system then got glued. We're actually just the very next wave with the Phantom. You know, the fire mm-hmm. control system got glued to Whisper and Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fire control system gets glued to so many things later on, you know, to give you that perfect action economy. So then after that first attack, you're rolling with perfect mods on the same shot every time, right? So um, it was Provided definitely... You're getting a shot. I- so, exactly, yeah. Uh, fire
1: control system went... It became very good when ships didn't require their action, uh, or their their firepower was so high that this mm-hmm. continued out, and their actually could be used to get people in arc or the ship already had, was like a turret or had some special ability to keep utilizing, get the arc, get in the ship's in arc. On the generic Palisco two B wings, it was not so much because unless you're chasing down a large base ship, you weren't going to be maintaining fire sometimes on the same target.
2: Uh, yep, and. So the way I, I looked at it when I saw the change, it was one of those again subtle things that I saw with a lot of the 2.0 changes, where I was like, my first reaction was, I like that. That's a very elegant change. Um, it does reduce its power level significantly. You know, I think, like you said, it's it's a pretty big nerf. But if you think about it, right. Thematically, it makes sense, right? You've got a lock. The lock is helping you modify, make your attacks hit a little bit harder, and you get to maintain the lock. So it's a predator effect, yeah. right? Yeah. And then if you do need to spend the lock, okay, great. Well, now you'll have to work to get the target lock again, so then you can mm-hmm. get your fire control again. So it, I, I, I don't see any, you know, problem with the change at all. I actually applaud the the subtle, elegant way that they they made the change and made it more thematic and, um, you know, made it work. The uh, the obvious synergy early on is with, you know, Darth Vader and the TIE Advanced, yeah. you know. Uh, I think that's going to be a real powerful combo card on them, you know, early on. You know, Vader with Fire Control might become a staple of, you know, 2.0 uh, early on and probably is going to be, you know, have a lot of staying power, you know, over the life of 2.0. Is the
1: uh, TIE VAT still going to have a sensor slot in addition to the vest targeting computer?
2: I believe yes, that was spoiled because in some of the demo builds, Vader did have fire control system.
0: Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, okay, so
1: yeah they feel like that's too powerful, they might remove it. Of course, in the on the app when it, that finally comes. He had
0: cluster missiles, FCS, and then sense. So I guess I'm coming at, it, at this from a bit of a different uh, viewpoint because I've just been putting them on V wings forever.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I which I completely but, get. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I, I agree. Like on Whisper and Corin, it was it was kind of stupid. Uh, the only thing I'm wondering, cause like, so I played Tyler in a game and he was flying the seven tie swarm, which we'll probably talk about in a little bit, and I was flying three blues and wedge, and yeah, the rebels. It's it's just hard for, to joust a swarm. If you likewise can't get those full mods like they can with Whisper. So taking that out Or Howlrunner, you mean? Sorry, Howlrunner, not Whisper. Yep. yep. So I'm I'm just interested to see what else is coming down the pipeline. Is is there gonna be a way for rebels to joust a swarm? Or is that just you know, again, more or less not really gonna be the case, is So that's what I'm wondering.
2: Yeah, so I'm thinking, like, obviously there's a ton that's not spoiled, right? There's mm. a whole stack of, you know, a huge percentage of the cards in those kits was not even touched. They they kind of touched, like, one card per ship, and maybe you saw a couple handful of upgrades that they thought about, you know, as they were doing conversation. Um, Ordinance, I think it's not arguable that they uh, have not improve the whole concept overall for 2.0 having charges on your shots having the ability to keep your lock on everything um, adjusting the dice values and the range bonuses appropriately for missiles and torpedoes i don't think i've seen anything with ordnance that hasn't been like yes this is so much better um welcome change all around you don't have to worry about things like guidance chips or extra munitions it's all built into the system We haven't seen anything that's the equivalent of, like, the assault missile yet, so that would be a potential anti-swarm deterrent, so Mm -hmm. something that, like, a headhunter could take, or an A-wing could take, or maybe even a, you know, uh, maybe there's a torpedo that the B-wing or the X-wing or the Y-wing could take that would kind of do a little bit of splash, or some effect that would deter... You know all of the clumping of the swarm right uh that seems like an ordinance type that they would want to transfer over in some way obviously you're not going full-blown ham with the harpoon missile but having an assault missile effect or something along those lines i could see that translating over we already saw against a subtle splash effect with the i think the concussion missile um but that's mm-hmm. only flipping damage cards that's already down. Yeah, so, that's
0: not too problematic. Yep, of...
2: exactly. So, I would think there's going to be something equivalent to the 2.0 version of an assault missile. Um, so, you would have that ability to maybe put a headhunter that has that, you know, in your list um, or an A Wing, like I said, that has that threat to kind of break that swarm up a little bit. Um, because Howl, Iden, and Five Academy pilots, I think that's what. Tyler was, was flying there, and I think that's what most people with the 7-Tie Swarm are kind of thinking. You'll be able to fit in 200 points. That is probably going to be the, the shark, you know, resurfacing um, from early, you know, X-Wing and 2.0. That's probably going to be a, a dominant archetype that, if it's not consistently showing up at events, you're always going to have to have that in the back of your mind that that's a list that could show up, and if you're not careful and you don't know how to fly against it's going to ruin your day. So... Um, I honestly personally miss the fact that TIE Swarms have kind of gone the way of the Dinosaur in 1.0. I think that was probably the first sign to me that there was a problem with the game when TIE Swarm couldn't even keep up. Um, and so it'll, it'll be fun to see that back on the table. And it's also going to be fun seeing players have no idea what to do against it and how to fly it, (laughs) you know? Um, We've done some legacy tournaments that I've participated in where, you know, I bring a seven-tie swarm or a six-tie swarm, and the guy against me is like, well, I brought three bounty hunters because that's the closest to what I figured I could fly, and then I just eat the bounty hunters (laughs) alive? And he's like, oh yeah, jousting a swarm, I guess that was not the right call. (laughs) No, no it wasn't. (laughs) You know, so uh, there's going to be a lot of that early on. In 2.0, which is going to be interesting to see. And for someone playing since Wave 1, it's going to be almost comical to see some of that evolve.
0: <laughs> All right, Kalen, so what do you got?
1: And I have not been keeping up with 2.0 stuff, so I'll just pick a random ship on this list. Oh, You're talking about z 95, so let's go pick a. Uh, well, we just talk about TIE fighters, because. Okay. Another corpse ship. I haven't actually looked through them, but like looking at it, like the pilot, what is his name? I didn't for Sam? Yep. Let me see,
0: so, so that's mechanic, the chick so. from Battlefront.
2: Oh, is that who that is? Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. guess I haven't played Battlefront, oh, okay. I didn't recognize the name.
1: I, I have not played any of it. So so, anyway, so the Typhoon is actually pretty much staying pretty much the same as it was before. It has the exact same dial, same actions, same stat line. So I think just an upgrade with some of the pilot abilities, and probably the points cost adjustments we'll see in the future. Would, uh, basically, but like the biggest one, of course, Halla ability now works on herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't uh, before friendly tie uh, LN fighter at range zero to one would suffer one or more damage. We spend a surge or a charge if you do prevent that damage. So I'm guessing you get get one free dodge or just block damage
0: so this is disgustingly good (laughs) like this is better than being able to pick a ship and like blind them as tyler as we all know tyler loves to do because (laughs) you, you get to see what the damage is first so it's not even like yeah i don't want that guy to shoot me it's like go ahead and shoot me let's see what happens oh you got four hits i got eyeball blank blank all right Cancel. I mean, I think she alone is going to push out a lot of the ordinance that people are like thinking might Uh, be a thing.
1: It's one or more damage. That's so. Yeah, I. It's it's all the damage.
2: Yep. I I would honestly, like, the way I was looking at it, I think she's initiative five, right? Same as HowlRunner? Oh, she's initiative four. four. I'm wondering if her cost is going to be. Uh, well, one, I think Howl Runner's equivalent cost is going to go up because she now affects herself, um, so she's got a buff. Um, I think Iden's cost and Howrunner's cost together are probably going to push out the ability to run seven ties. That's what I'm thinking. I think
0: you might be um, able to get it. It's going to be you're basically going to be right at 200 because I'm putting Hal right at like 40. You will.
2: Okay, so that's like a two point equivalent upgrade from uh, that's one. A, that's 0. a four point upgrade. Isn't she eighteen base?
0: She's eighteen base, so thirty six.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, okay.
1: Two plus for her base. So,
0: I'm basing that off her. She gets her build plus. You know, if we're kind of going back to pseudo one, one wave one through three. You know, Hal was worth more than eighteen in wave one through three, right? She was. People would have paid nineteen or twenty for her back then. After wave three, she probably her cost power went down, but. I'm putting her, pegging her right at 40, but I didn't, it's like, like, a black squad with draw their fire was actually, like, pretty good back in the day. Like, that's what Dallas had in his 2014 Worlds list. He had uh, four academies, two draw their fire blacks, and howl with hole, and he said the blacks were just, like, money, just keeping those crits off of how. and that's, so that was, that's a 30-point equivalent, and... so... And,
2: yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree. I, I, I would not be surprised if, from a point standpoint, like I said, the Aiden-Howl Runner combo limits you to a six-tie swarm. You know. Yeah. Um, the uh, other thing that I, I kind of looked at, and maybe this is a subtle kind of meta way of keeping the ordinance kind of in check, is because it's like, okay, well, if I see an Aiden swarm, well, I mean, I'm going to yeah. shoot one. And it's not gonna do anything, you know, kinda yep. the, It's like you gotta kill Aiden somehow before you know, you kill Howlrunner. So it's kinda like that becomes the Imperial Bigs. <laughs> you know? You gotta kill Aiden first so then you can get at Runner, and then in the meantime Howlrunner's active for that full round well, of shooting. You know? don't
0: necessarily have to kill Aiden, but she's gonna pop her ability. So you can shoot everything at Howl, but yeah. one yeah. way or the other
2: Yeah. Well regardless
1: yeah. of where you shoot, Iden can use her, use her ability on herself.
0: Yep. So yeah. <laughs> You probably still just go for how. I mean, it really doesn't matter who you shoot. Yeah. You really. just got to get the charge. That's why it's off. so yeah. good. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, so. it is,
2: it is very, very good. And, uh, um, I think, I, I, think if, if you listen to the devs and, and I, if we do put some trust into them, it, it will be hopefully costed appropriately. If it is hmm. right out of the gate, costed a little bit too low. They'll probably jack the price up on Iden pretty quickly. And, uh, limit it so that you are again limited to like a six tie swarm so um i think that would probably keep it a little bit in check if you've got to lose that one extra tie fighter um it would help out it's still going to be super strong i think you'll still people still see a lot of people go for the Aiden how runner combo and just go with six ties um because of how powerful that ability is and i think that alone should tell you that Aiden should be costed you know, at a level that means that you are limited to just six ties with that combo. But we will, we will see, we will see. We have not seen everything. I mean, hell we saw the defender get spoiled and I think everyone oh, collectively, man. collectively shit themselves. Ryan um, Fleming is like
0: already like vehemently complaining about, it. he's like, people don't realize how bad it is.
2: <laughs> like, um, we don't even
0: know what the cost is
2: yet, man. Like, yeah, I mean, that is true. I'm, I'm under the impression that there's no way that there's uh, going to be more than three defenders on a board at any time, and I think that all of those ace defender pilots are going to be extremely costly. It's going to be um, almost kind of back to the price structure we saw when Wave 4 hit, and the defender was just kind of overcosted outside of the market. Like, you couldn't pay those points unless you um, uh, kind of did what Tyler did and really just go ham with uh, Vessery. Um, and banking on the uh the target locks from uh the shuttle and, and whatnot to get those uh you know pretty much guaranteed four hits every time um with the white k turn. But uh even even he admitted that uh while he was running it it's like man he feels weird paying, you know, this many points for six hit points <laughs> with no evade token and in and, and all that. But um man did it do work and was it nasty? So um, with that I guess it's a good transition so the change to the heavy laser cannon um, I think that's a that's an interesting change uh, that they made it so it's bullseye arc only um, so you really have to set up those shots now to get the, the max benefit um, I'm also assuming that that's going to come with a, a price decrease so if it's in 2.0 pricing it would be 14 I would assume that it's going to be less than that probably 10 maybe uh maybe maybe less even less um
1: it could be even less that bullseye arc is really small but i guess it's the bullseye increases in size based off your ship base right so like those medium base large base ships with cannon slots uh, could have a wider good good
2: call maybe uh i guess i i haven't i haven't seen how that would translate onto the the cardboard yet um at least looked closely um but uh it, the HLC by nature, it's a two, range two to three cannon, right? So the bullseye arc for like a ship like Sunter, I think that his ability now triggering off the bullseye, getting your focus, is going to be awesome, because you want him kind of arc dodging up in close of stuff, up close in range one, it's fairly easy to get your your bullseye on things. If you have to line up your HLC shots range two and three, that's pretty difficult, you know, depending on the yeah, ship. it's very difficult. So. I don't really know if you're going to see the HLC see a lot of play. Um, and it might take us a little bit, you know, the expert pilots to get our head wrapped around how to really paint those targets and get that pointed out stuff. Um, I could definitely see early on, maybe you'd see like a couple of gunboats with HLC, like where you kind of fly them in like a two or a three ship kind of pack to see if you can kind of paint and cross those bullseyes to try and get those shots off, or at least get one HLC with two cover in its back. Um, but again, it depends on cost, you know? Like uh,
1: yeah, It all depends on the cost of it. Because like if you look, if it gets cheap enough, it could be now one of those things like, I remember flying uh, advanced sensor, heavy laser gun, B-wings. If that comes to an actual decent point cost, like let's say an HLC's equivalent cost of right now in 1.0, that's three points because of its bullseye. Yeah, it's being a bullseye arc. Like, you can actually take them on M3As and B-wings and not feel like you're investing your entire force into that cannon. Yeah,
2: and uh, interesting uh, choices for your opponent, too, flying against it, right? Like, you want to get the big gun off the table to eliminate the threat, but evaluating how much of a threat is it, right? Because it can only affect you in that limited zone straight ahead from that ship. So arc-dodging the big cannon... You know, could be somewhat trivial on approach. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how that evolves and how the pricing of it fares. Because uh, uh, seven points when when I saw that wave two, I remember I'm like, holy crap, that's a lot, but. I think it's worth it because that's basically you know a four dice gun you know every time you're shooting you know at, at range eliminating range bonuses so um, and obviously every uh, you know everyone collectively agreed because it was kind of a staple uh, card that yeah. saw lots of play from wave two onwards so yeah
1: just looking at the stats between like a proton torpedoes and the two point oh torpedoes two hlc. I could see the HLC being significantly cheaper than what proton torpedoes are.
2: I would think yes, and it, 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 at the bare minimum, it's probably an equivalent cost because you know with torps you got two shots with it, um, but you got the yeah. full, full, uh, full arc to work with. HLC, yeah, you get
1: to change it. You also get to change the hit to crit, and HLC is, is now stuck only doing hits. hits. It can yep. no longer do crits ever. Yeah, see so the changes at the very end.
2: Yep, that is true, and. Uh, um, The other thing about it um, is it does give range bonuses on the attack now. So so. um, it'll be harder to hit at range 3 because you'll have that extra defense die. So, um, yeah, I think it'll see a drastic reduction in point cost. um, And I don't think that's necessarily a a bad thing because it'll be another good card that, um, again, you might not be banking your whole strategy on having that HLC. You might throw it on a ship or two and just know that if you can fly well, holy crap, you could really set up some devastating attacks. Oh, yeah. you, so.
1: can, you get rewarded for flying in a good position. Yep. Yeah. That's why I think, like on an M3 or a B-Wing, the access to that barrel, if you have a decent enough pilot skill, like that just could be something to help really, Blair, you're asking what would um, Rebels have to help just against TIE footers. If you can fit three HLC B-Wings with fire control system, and still have another ship on the table.
2: Yeah. I mean cuz that that could if you can paint the bullseye that would deter any tie fighter from potentially flying into it, right? That might be a swarm yeah. uh formation deterrent, right? So um I guess we'll we'll see how uh we'll see how it shakes out. Um I mean Blair did, did you want to touch on the the B-wing dial got spoiled. Um it's it's got more options now for sure. Um with the 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 one yeah. speed the uh, the one speed talon rolls, I think it's got a three did it does it have a three speed nope. K turn? No, uh, it, it kept it the two. Still got the um, two. I got
0: into the biggest argument with like Chris Allen and all his other cronies about this. Like uh, I don't know. I mean it seemed to me like it was more or less accepted wisdom that the two K was kind of a mistake. Like, in my experience it wasn't really a problem until Jump Masters, because up until then, you never really had big base ships that wanted to joust you. But then, once like Torpedo Boats and Dangaroo jumped on the scene, then it's like, okay. Like, that was really the big thing that screwed you in that matchup is that you get your Torps off at range three, I'm behind. Now I've got to range one, I've kind of caught back up, and now I can't K turn behind you. It's just so frustrating to get caught in that spot where there's just like. There's nothing I can do to get a shot.
2: Well, so this is what I, me looking at that dial, I actually kind of really liked it. But again, this, I'm coming as a, like anytime I played Rebels, I was mostly going with with X-Wings and stuff. So didn't put a whole lot of B-Wings on the table, but still flew against them a lot. The medium base change for a lot of ships I think really helps the B-Wing. because now It you totally can, does. Yeah, you can K-turn behind a lot more things. Yep, you can. Um, and the large base ships, I think that one Talon roll can really help because now you could maintain range 1 against a large base ship going past you, depending on what they put on their dial. Because if you just Talon roll 1 right behind it, if it goes like a 1 or a 2, depending on if it's banking or whatever, now you're range 1 of it you know, on the back end, and those large base ships are either going to have a red barrel roll, or if it's the Falcon, it's going to have a red boost, maybe white, depending on if it's got engine upgrade on or not, and that depends on the cost, right? So I think...
0: If, if you're facing each other, Will, let's say...
2: Like dead on, point, you mean?
0: Well, it doesn't even matter, because if we're if we're completely dead on, I can't Talon roll either way. They've already checked this, okay? So there's yeah. that. Yeah, that, but, that
2: situation, yeah, you, you do i so have I've
0: only So I've only got a talent roll one way, right? Yep. Okay. That that big base player knows that's all I've got. Yeah. So they're so just we'll... going to turn into it and slam into the back of me. And now yep. I'm facing away from them and I'm stressed. So I, I know that, like, people say, like, Chris was making the argument, like, well, gunboats can't turn around, lambdas can't turn around. Like, yeah, okay. Like, that's fair to an extent. Even though gunboats can slam and, Lambda's have a rear arc now, <laughs> if, uh, I so I don't know I I know so, it's gonna get point costed into it at some point if not immediately but it's ju- it's just super frustrating when it's like I know you know I can't turn around, I know I can't turn around. Like, that was just, <laughs> that was so frustrating.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, I guess it depends on what the rest of your list is, right? Like, you can kind of set it up so that the B-Wing covers this escape route, and yeah, maybe he might turn you can. in there. Yeah. And then the rest of your list is painting it like, hey, collide into the B-Wing, and I got, <laughs> got your range one with everybody else. Yep. Um, the other interesting thing, the Advanced Sensors B-Wing, with that one Talon roll, might be super slick now. Um, yep. Where... Shifting that base and then doing the one talon, like even back in on itself, kind of giving it almost like a pseudo one k, <laughs> like that could be could be kind of yep. cool. Yeah, so, or
1: a wing a U- stall turn. Yeah,
2: exactly. That that could be really kind of slick. So um, thematically, I I really like it. A lot of these things that I really like are just more thematic things. Just knowing the, like lore wise, the b wing is kind of like that slowish, sluggish, but. In that close range with the nimble kind of gyro cockpit, can kind of yeah. get into interesting orientations. It, it totally
0: makes sense thematically. I just felt like yeah, from a gameplay standpoint, yeah. it
2: felt it kind of felt
0: like it, it was kind of a mistake. Yeah. They also got another slight buff though, and that they've got the focus to bar- red barrel linked action. Oh yeah, so. that
2: that is really cool. Yeah, um, that's I think that's fairly unique too. I don't think I see many or at least not that I can remember off the top of my head, that had a whole lot of, you know, focus into uh, some type of reposition. I know the Fang Fighter has it. The Interceptor can do it with anything. Mm -hmm. Um, A-Wing, I think, does have it. Uh,
1: The X-Wings with closed wings, I think. Yes, the X-Wings, yeah,
2: focus to boost, but they got to reduce their gun to do it. Um, So I think that might be fairly unique as well, at least from what we've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. with a focus to a reposition action. <coughs> so that's that's another slight slight buff, like you said. Um, granted, it's red, but... Um, did there there ten... are times
0: when you'll, when you'll do it, for yep. sure. Yeah,
2: for sure. I think even 10-Num got kind of the... His ability got changed to be somewhat like Kian Farlander in 1.0, if I remember right, where he's kind of spending stress tokens to modify dice.
0: Yeah, so after you perform an attack... Or defend. You can spend a stress token and change all your focus to evades or hits. So, so that's yeah. even better than Keem's, yep. really, because it works on offense or defense. So, yep. oh, and the yeah. the three straight is also blue or green, whatever you want to call it now. Ah, uh, so. yeah.
2: So they did get a little it's bit more. Now, yeah. yeah. Uh, did the one the one banks stayed blue, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I. Kind of liked it, but again, I I, ne- I wasn't necessarily like a, a huge you know kind of B wing pilot by any means. So, uh, a lot of my take on some of these changes are more from a, a, a I don't even know the right word, just more from like spectator standpoint yeah. as opposed to the actual pilot of the the ship. Although I am intrigued to put a B wing back on the table and, and give it a give it a shot. Um, the, uh, one of the list archetypes that I actually really want to try out in 2.0 is uh, just, you know, the old SNES controller, you know, the, the, the ABXY, um, <laughs> you know, put one of each in a list and just build them, you know, yep. to the best of your ability and just see how, how flexible you can make a list having that, you know, full, full yeah. toolbox, so.
0: All right, what else we got here?
1: Um, I want to bring up just the attack shuttle. We did, there's not much change. I, just to bring this, I just was just scrolling down for episode of the B-Wing on this document. And it has Ezra Bridger. He has a new picture and he has a space wheel in the background. <laughs> that makes
2: me angry. <laughs> Why does that make you angry? Are you like an an so, Ezra fan or something? Or
1: No, I hate. I think Ezra's a piece of shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> just from the, from the cartoon. But like... Uh, if anyone, anyway, if you have actually watched Rebels, the very final episode was actually pretty good. They, they portrayed Thrawn very, very well. It was great. Well, don't then, don't spoil
2: it for me yet. I'm still waiting for season four on Blu-ray.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, there was there's a scene, and it gets ruined because of space whales. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just like if, you, if I was never a fan of the space whale scene episode in the um, that one weird. One off or whatever, they were running out of fuel and they had space wells help. Oh yeah, okay. I was hoping that was the end of it. No.
2: no, they bring they bring that back. Okay, that's that's a little unfortunate, but. Um, yes. So the one thing stupid
1: space wells. Yeah,
2: related to the ghost. I mean, since you kind of brought up the attack shuttle, so docking is now like I guess a core mechanic, or it's at least built into the rules, right? So the attack shuttle can kind of pop out and then redock. dock yep. um, which I think is kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. Um,
0: so they were. They were talking about this on Minox, it's pretty funny, like, if you pop the shuttle out, and it gets taken down to, like, one, it's, like, banging on the door, like, let me in! Let me in! (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, So, this is kind of an interesting thing, because I was thinking about this a lot, you know, especially at Worlds, and the lead-up to Worlds, with all the Ghost Fen crap and everything, and I'm like, when the Ghost initially came out, I looked at everything that was in that wave you know collectively with the ghost and I'm like, this just seems like this is where X-wing kind of started to jump the shark. Um, there was a whole bunch of extra rules there was like, oh you can shoot torpedoes yeah. out the butt uh, but only if you have this and then if you don't have torpedoes, if you have the shell dock, you know all this other crap.
0: It was a, yeah, it was a lot of new rules in that a way. lot of, was
2: lot cool. of new rules and it was like if you have some of those mechanics built into the get-go, maybe this doesn't become such a problem. But mm-hmm. obviously the other card that became a big staple to it was the Twin Laser Turret, right? If mm-hmm. you don't have the Twin Laser Turret... Thanks, Kalen. You, yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't have the Twin Laser Turret in the game and you don't have the ability to kind of double tap with a turret in general, um, is the Ghost that big of a problem? Like, like yeah. I guess, just, what, what do you think about that thought? Like, if those things weren't part of it, do you think the Ghost would have been that big of a problem at all?
0: I don't think uh, so. It, what, what about you? No, when
1: it, when it first released without TLT and, like, the weird rules, and also I think the four dice out of four, out of both and back, front and rear, I don't think it would have been that big of... I think actually it would have been probably a lot of people just said it was trash. A lot of you said when it first released with the docked Phantom was trash.
0: Yeah. Pretty much the <laughs> only... Cool. Uh, we did see Francois make that run at Gen Con that one year. Other than that we really never saw the ghost do a whole lot of anything if it didn't have a TLT stapled to it. So,
2: yeah. So the, my thought was for 2.0 ghost, right? So you, we've seen a dorsal turret. We've seen an ion turret. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be yet another turret of some kind, right? There's probably going to be three options of various degrees of stuff. Um, everything's got the mobile arc. You have to move it. You have to point it at stuff to shoot it. Um, I think they said the Ghost has four attack out the front. Um, yep. Does it still have four attack out the rear, or do they have that reduced? No. Okay.
1: So the attack out at the rear is based off the shuttle dock. That's right. Okay. Which, is, which, it, should, which it should have always yep. been. But it's hard to word it, of course, yes. with all the giant word text we yes. had. So now it's if you have the Sheathapede, it's two dice out the rear. If you have the attack shot, it's three dice
2: Okay. Out the and that that's fair. Um, but I don't believe there's any type of double tapping at all, right? Uh,
1: no, I believe the title just allows it to be docked. That's all it yep, says now. Yeah,
2: and so in order to get those, any type of multiple attacks, you'll probably have to have a card like, uh, um, like Veteran Tail gunner maybe or uh, one of the other gunner-type crew cards that we've seen spoiled, if it can even take that slot, right, uh, to give the yeah. multiple shots. So I don't think the Ghost is going to be nearly... As big of a problem, especially because it also lost what two hull, so it lost hit points. No,
1: it lost two shields. Two shields, so, it still has, so yeah, it lost. It lost ten hull, but it lost two shields. Yeah, um, and, and it got the reinforce action, but lost the evade action. Yeah,
2: which the reinforce, so, uh, yeah, the reinforce and evade trade off, uh, is. Kind of common, right? Because the fire spray got the same treatment, and uh, yeah, um, I think some other ships have gotten a similar treatment it, too. It
1: also got a nerf in its dial; it lost its five k for a four k, and I think that's huge. That that does is... the five k was enormous; it could get you over out of so much yep.
2: shit. Yeah, it,
1: it was
2: bonkers. Yeah, so I uh, yeah, I I think the the ghost just in the general mechanics changes is already kind of it's definitely not the big boogeyman it appears to be. But who knows what other cards there are, right? Anytime you have uh, a ship that big, with that big of a gun, you know, with the four dice, and a lot of slots for crew and upgrades and stuff, it's a potential for breaking things. So, thankfully, all the upgrade slots are no longer on the card. (laughs) So we can reduce crew members, we can change crew member types, all that type of stuff. So,
1: yeah, I find it actually a little funny just looking through this. Um, if the undocking is still the same, where you undock after you move, and you have a sheath to be in the back, you can move your, move your, your ghost, undock AP5 with a one forward, he does his free action, whatever it is, let's say it has the same cash, does his free action, next route, AP5 does a one reverse, and immediately docks back in, <laughs> before, before, before the ghost moves.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, I mean, I'm not going to lie, that. Stuff like that just seems kind of cheeky and fun. I, I, I'll yeah. be, I'll be excited to see some players try some silly stuff. If like some
0: that. guy does that in like a competitive match, like dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, every round you go one, you, you undock one it, just gets a free action to send, and then oh, I'm gonna reverse back. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I I think that's just kind of funny. I don't think that would ever necessarily break a situation, yeah. you know. Um, no, I
1: mean, and we don't know the whole docking and undocking. Yeah, players. it could they could change the undocking could be in the system. Phase. Yep.
2: Yeah, and you you could be uh, unable to maybe dock, undock, and redock in consecutive turns, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So I guess. The boogeyman cards for the ghost, I think, aren't in 2.0. At least they've been clarified. Like the big ones aren't. So um, I don't have too big of a concern with it heading into the uh, uh, the 2.0 transition. Um, the uh, the A wing um, and a specific pilot in general, like one card thematically, I always loved. Even from wave two days was uh, was Arvel, and uh, yeah. in the 2.0 version of Arvel, looks solid, man. Like that looks, looks super really fun. Good. He looks really good. Oh, uh, I'm going to be excited to put him on some tables, man. That looks really cool.
1: Oh, he's doing so silly; it's
2: great. Just the the mental image of him just kind of boosting through that star destroyer, just having him do that to decimators and any ship that he's able to kind of get lined up, and uh, with the A-wing's new you know action bar with the linked ability to go anything into boost, his ability is pretty much always an option. So. Uh, Granted, he's kept in check because he's a lower initiative pilot, right? I think he's mm-hmm. three. He's a three, um, yeah. But, uh, but they're still, still coordinate. Yep, they're still coordinate. So, <laughs> and. Uh, well,
1: I think the biggest issue for him was that since he had to crash into people as a maneuver, he never had action. You can now focus, red boost into yep. someone, get, sh- get a focus, yeah. and shoot. <laughs> yep.
2: And uh, he'll have missile slots, right? Because he's in an A wing. So the question will be are you able to. Uh, range zero with a missile at all, you know? Are mm-hmm. there any missiles that, you know, maybe they've all got that baked in where it's always range one to something, right? For uh, Let's see, I think cluster missiles, are those range one to two still? Yep. Okay, so, yeah,
1: two. I, b- I believe they're probably going to keep them one to two because yep. Avril's specifies you may perform primary weapon attacks. Okay, there
2: you go. So you're not going to be able to, like, uh, cluster missile somebody with Arvol, you yeah, know.
1: if I say proton rockets are 0 to 1, that means anyone can fire that point blank range. Yeah,
2: which would be kind of crazy, so, but,
1: yeah. Kind of crazy. I could maybe see that eventually happen. It might be, like, one of the wording to make, like, um, feedback array it might be a secondary weapon that's 0 to 1. Yeah, yeah, maybe. That means you also get, maybe you can feedback array yourself. But... Yeah,
2: because I know, like, know like, Deadman Switch clear clarifies it with zero range 0 to 1 um, on its card when it got spoiled, so... Mm-hmm
1: i like that they brought up range zero as a thing as there's a term because it clears up a lot of things you know to specify that right you're in range one of yourself and say another ship they can just say uh friendly ships at range one so you know it's not yourself because range zero is yourself. yeah
2: yeah that, that thing's touching that definitely helps um just from a cleanliness of mechanics and everything standpoint that's that's really useful mm-hmm. um Let's see. I'm just kind of scrolling through some of these cards. I've seen most of them. I'm just trying to get to some of the stuff that I remember uh, from some of the reveals. Um, so,
0: I guess one we should probably talk about is Luke, Luke Skywalker crew.
2: Oh, is that one that was kind of spoiled through translation? If I remember right, it yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. And it's a it's a it's a doozy.
2: Yeah, I know so, a lot of a lot of people have been.
0: There's been nervous some. About him. Uh, there's been a little bit of salt. I. There's already been, like, probably a dozen threads on the forums about him already. So, again, this is translated, so it could be translated improperly, but I feel like since there's a lot of Polish people on the forums who speak good English, I, I, I feel like this is probably what it is, but it's unique, and it's a gunner slot, and it's rubble only and it, it reads, or supposedly reads... At the start of the engagement phase, you can spend one force token to rotate your arc, and it regenerates the force token as, as well. It comes with one.
2: Uh, okay, so one once per round, essentially you can once per spend round spend the token to rotate your your firing arc. Okay. At the well, start
0: of the engagement phase.
2: <sighs> well, that that is <laughs> a little frustrating, uh, mm-hmm. but like so, for example, Luke crew in 1.0 was at the time at wave two i mean he was ridiculously expensive Mm -hmm. uh i mean seven points for a crew was like wait what how the heck am i gonna afford to put him on the falcon for essentially just a slightly better gunner effect right Mm -hmm. um so i mean price wise would you say that this is worth uh a tie fighter Right, like if you put him on the Falcon, would he be worth twenty-four points in two-point
0: It all depends on like what upgrades I can bring with my Falcon, but I mean it is so good because everyone's saying like, okay, so first off, it, it, it's just really strange that they would make this card. It seems like so counterintuitive to what all they had been saying. They'd come out and said, yeah, we know, we know, we know, turrets were kind of dumb. You know, that wasn't us that made that. Uh, so no more turrets. Everything has an arc, <laughs> and then they come with this card that like makes whatever ship you put it on back to a turret, but it's better than a one point turret because there's no more auto thrusters.
2: Yeah. So and it also can... by nature is rebel only because it's Luke. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So it it's frustrating for sure. Um, if that is how the final wording is, um, but if it does. the other thing too,
0: Will, is. That force token, if you don't have to rotate your arc, you get a soft focus, too.
2: Yeah, that's,
0: so, that's true. I mean, I would say, I don't know if it's quite a TIE fighter, but it's pretty... Dam- I'm, thinking not, I'm thinking 18, 20 point range is what I'm thinking for this thing.
2: Yeah. Well, put it this way, right? If if 1.0 Luke was in 2.0 pricing, he'd be 14 base. Uh, uh-huh. This is definitely better than 1.0 Luke, for yeah. sure, right? Uh, especially with the mechanic changes. So he's going to be, I'd say he's minimum 16 to 18 points. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking they might start him as like, hey, he's the equivalent of a TIE fighter. (laughs) 24 points. And if he's 24 points, I think I'm okay with it. I mean, that's a huge investment, right? Yep, We
1: we don't know what the cost of the Falcon is yet. And also, like, it's been... it was rumored, I'm not sure that, of course, this is nothing, just what I heard Worlds talking to a few people, that engine upgrade, the upgrade again from your uh, red boost to white boost is 12 points, equivalent to 2.0. Well, so, I, if, I think yeah, it was but,
0: also said, I thought they said large base ships couldn't equip engine upgrade. Did
1: I? Uh, you, have, you have to have the red boost yeah, already. So, so oh, Falcons yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have already, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So, so essentially that means the Falcon's the only one that can take it, you know, uh, which is fine. Um,
1: so if you're looking at, like, a Falcon starting at, let's say, even you take Han Solo Reno, he doubles points. He's going to be 92 base. Yep. You pay 24 points for Luke and another 12 for... Engine upgrade. Uh, in- engine upgrade alone. That's 36. You're looking at this 120 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> points. And like, uh, in, in back of the reg- in, in 1.0 terms, you're paying close to 60... Three points without with a single crew and mod mod slot. Yep. That's that's a lot. And you're gonna be really struggling to finish it aside. Yeah. It's
0: not it's not crew though. It's gunner.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, it, it is a gunner slot, but the gunner slot's probably replacing one of the crew slots. Yeah. Probably, I, yeah. I I
2: think that was what someone mentioned. I think in the uh, unboxing that the Falcon has one crew and one gunner. I, mm. I think, or maybe two crew and one gunner. But, yeah, there's still crew available, plus the gunner that Luke would take up. So, um, the uh, it, it definitely is an interesting card, uh, but with the points, again, if you start with it 24 points, that might be a good place to start. If maybe they started at 18 or 20, maybe they then up it, you know, if it becomes a yeah. problematic card. Yeah, and they can some... always up it. Yeah, at some point That's... you're going to get to a point where you're like, really? Am I going to put 30 <laughs> points into Luke? <laughs> you know, like yeah. they'll they'll find a spot. I, I have at least some faith that they'll find a spot where it doesn't become this meta warping yeah. thing. So uh-huh.
1: yeah. everyone has a price. Yep, exact,
2: exactly <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I definitely Kansas. agree. at At the heart of the card, it's a little bit unusual that they do a lot of things to make arcs matter and then they give a card that basically mm. turns your falcon into easy mode right? Yeah. so um, that's problematic now I guess we haven't seen the official wording on all the force rules yet right maybe there's something that because it costs a force point to use maybe there's something around it especially without it regens or something I don't know I, I doubt it but maybe there's some saving grace there as well so that's, I guess, to be seen in the official rule book whenever that drops. So,
1: yeah. Like another thing with Luke, and people were talking about, of course, putting him on dash. Now he has a four dice primary. Uh, but the four dice primary on dash. Uh, do you think the the YT twenty four hundred even have a gunner slot?
2: <laughs> well, that's a very good question. Uh, I think mm-hmm. no. To be honest, uh, I think the twenty four hundred will probably have one crew. Um... Or, uh, it'll, so here's the thing. If you put a gunner in 1.0 on dash, you couldn't have the cannon, right? So it would basically be limp dash, (laughs) you know, with, with a gunner, with a two dice gun. Um, so if you have the HLC with a gunner shot, how, how broken would that have been, you know, in 1.0? Right. So yeah, I think that means that we're not going to see a gunner crew, or a gunner slot option on the 2400 because they gave it a four dice primary turret (laughs) essentially um now if they do have the gunner slot and you can put Luke riding shotgun with dash okay yes this becomes a little bit silly (laughs) and then the question comes well how much are you paying for dash because that four dice primary turret is that's kind of scary I'm thinking you're going to be be paying a big premium for dash um And then you throw again, like a 24 point Luke. Are you 60 plus points of 1.0 pricing into Dash now? Like, I think 58 is what we stopped on Dash. Like, maybe you got to 61 if you put a procket on him to cover a little part of your range one bubble. And even that was a little bit obnoxious. Like, you know, (laughs) that was a little bit like thinking about life decisions at this point. Are you putting 60 some points into Dash in 1.0? So. I think the pricing is hopefully going to keep them in check, but while we're talking about it, the one card uh, or the one ship when it got revealed other than the defender that made my jaw drop a little bit was the outrider or the one twenty four hundred in general, because they gave it the four dice primary um, on a turret on a bow tie yeah. turret at that, that seemed a little bit excessive, Um, I get what they were trying to go for, right? Like, the intent of the 2400 is it's a heavy, uh, heavy tank version of the 1300, (laughs) so it has a bigger gun, different mobility, because it's got barrel roll instead of boost, so you got a red barrel roll instead of a red boost, so it makes it have a different feel. Um, it doesn't get any more blue than it does in 1.0, so if you do that barrel roll, now you're limited to pretty menial greens, or blue, now. Um... Dash's ability doesn't work off of his barrel rolls, so it only works when he's moving. So it only works off of his, you know, dialed movement. Um, If you fail your barrel roll trying to, you know, barrel roll off of a rock, you fail your action, right? Because that's the core part of the mechanics now. Um, So I, I think he's not going to be as big of an issue because if you have to rotate the arc around... That's still a problem. He's also not going to be initiative 6, right? You can't get him up any higher. Maybe he's initiative 5. I can't remember what, what it was on the card when it was spoiled. He's he 5. Is he 5? So he's still pretty high up there. But arc dodging a, a, big, a big base bowtie arc is not necessarily super hard. I mean, we did it with fire sprays all the time. But this is a 2400, and the 2400 dial is still pretty darn good. So... Uh, I was still wondering if this is going to be one of those problem ships. Uh, I guess we'll see. Pricing can change things a lot. Like, if all of a sudden you're paying huge premiums for 2400 you might not see them on the table a lot because as soon as you get it caught in arcs, it's going to melt. But, uh, I saw Ford Ice Primary and I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it,
1: it's, it's, Sounds dangerous, but overall, like, I th- feel me, the issue with Dash was his double repositioning. Since he's lost that, he can actually get focused down pretty quickly. I'd say that probably Lone Wolf, and re- he's no Ray Crew, that's going to be resistance only when that finally comes out. So, like, that's what made him really get away from not using Push Limits. Push Limit doesn't exist, so, like, yeah, the prime is going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt any... Any more than he already does now with HLC because HLC ignores uh, the range restrictions. Now he's not sniping; he getting get an extra defense. Yeah,
0: it's gonna it's gonna come down to what kind of passive mods he can. If the yeah. passive mods are limited, yeah, I don't think he'll be too bad.
1: But he
2: has no linked actions, right? Like he can't rotate no, yeah. his arc and do no anything. No actions. So no,
1: no linked. So it's like it's a lot of unmodified four dice attacks. And I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah. So
2: so when I thought about it a little bit, I I was like, okay, the four dice primary is a little bit nervous. Especially because he essentially has a three dice attack at range one, so that he doesn't really have a donut anymore. But he's got the the other negative part of the bow tie. So I mean he does have a lot more blind spots. Um but it was just that concept of that's four dice, you know. In general they reduced a lot of the dice attacks. And here they just basically gave it a free HLC. <laughs> And it's better than the 2.0 HLC because it's not bullseye arc only, right? Like it's the full width of that that 90 degree or close to 90 degree arc. Yep.
0: Yeah. It so.
1: is the full.
2: So that was that was a little bit of a, a head scratcher for me, but not anything super. It's, it's probably
1: pointed into, so you're not going to have these 30 point or 60 point wide space fringes now. They're probably. Be that what you guess equivalent forty two points. So starting at eighty four points for the possible ones. It,
2: it could be, and if that's the case, yeah, you'll probably have to think long and hard if that's what you wanna wanna take um, in those slots for list building. So, let's see here. There was, uh, what was the ship that? Well, I mean, if you wanna, you were talking about Luke and kind of talked about Dash. Let's hit some of the, the questionable cards for the Empire here. At least for me, that were a little bit of head-scratchers that make me wonder how broken they're going to potentially be. Uh, Sienna Rhee. Um So, she gives your ship coordinate, or I guess maybe your ship has to have coordinate to put her on it. So, like a Decimator or, you know, maybe I think the, the Lambda, I think, has coordinate. Um, but... She reads, after you perform a coordinate action, if the ship you coordinated performed a barrel roll or a boost, it may gain one stress to rotate 90 degrees. Mm. So, can you imagine Sienna coordinating Sunter or Vader, like in 2.0, like how batshit bonkers that could potentially be? Mm-hmm. Um... That's a very interesting card. And and as I read that, I'm like, this could be dangerous. Because <laughs> um, yeah. if you're trying to pin down Soonter and then all yeah. of a sudden, oh nope, nope, I rotate 90 degrees, and now I... Now, granted, you're taking a stress token to do it, right? But if you're Soonter you're probably dialing in a green anyway. Or there's plenty of green on your dial, you know, and you'll move in at initiative six. Now you are clear the stress, and then you're able to kind of boost and barrel roll again. That, that'd be, that'd be tricky. But, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see. In general, damage will stick. Soonter's gonna take skill to fly well, you know, with his repositioning. So we'll, we'll see. But, uh, that was one that I looked at, and I'm like, that, that could be interesting. I could see a
0: lot of... The only saving grace is, coordinate still range one to two. So... That's true. You don't necessarily have to go all out for Soonter or Vader on that. You can just go for whoever Sienna's on get her off the board, and okay, I don't have to worry about this VS yeah. anymore.
1: What One thing about it, too, is it, it says Imperial Coordinate, does it have to be a regular, like a white coordinate, or is it any coordinate action, so you can still put it on Decimator has It, it just
0: says coordinate. perform a coordinate action, so it's probably...
1: Well, just like, the, the restriction is Imperial and Coordinate, so and there's no color to it. So I was wondering if it was just, it's, it's regardless of what coordinate it is. If you only put on white coordinate ships, I think you're to much stuck on a shuttle. You can't put it on a decimator. Yeah,
2: so um the other the other Imperial crew, <laughs> while we're talking about it, is the uh the Grand Inquisitor, right? So um after an enemy ship at range zero to two reveals its dial, you may spend a force to perform one white action on your action bar, treating that action as red. Uh, and it's similar to the Luke thing. It's got You know the the card itself generates one force token every round uh so this is one of those interesting things uh a lot of people initially said well hey you can put this on whisper well i'm wondering if 2.0 whisper or the phantom in general is even going to have a crew slot uh the phantom is drastically different than 1.0 uh it's no longer has four attack dice uh, the cloaking mechanic is different, so you're not going to have your, you know, four dice, uh, you know, uh, evades on turns that you fired, all that type of stuff. So I'm not really thinking that you're going to be able to put, you know, Inquisitor or Sienna. Well, I guess Sienna needs coordinate, and I don't think you're going to be able to coordinate with a Phantom um, or Krennic or anything like that on a Phantom. Um, so I'm not necessarily concerned about that. But in general, like, the Inquisitor seems. Fairly solid, um, you know, for for what it can do. Um, but again, it might be limited depending on what ships can take crew. So yeah, it's,
1: if you limited to like the, only the larger, medium based ships having crew, not or like the tie, sh- if they still keep the tie shuttle bomber, you're not going to be worried too much about those. Because the muscles actions will be focus or target locks, so it's not really too crazy.
2: So that, that was just one that I know people were kind of blowing up but specifically as it relates to giving it to, to Whisper. Um, but I'm thinking that we're probably not going to see crew slots on Phantoms in 2.0. But
1: uh, I think if they're going to put any slot on the Phantom, it would probably be a gunner slot. That, like that
2: that was exactly my thought. If they specifically called out gunners, I'm thinking you're going to see gunner slots on Phantoms, not... not. Uh, because then a
1: lot of gunners will also not work because most of them deal with multi-arcs. So there's going to be those gunners that only work with Ford arc power. Yep. We'll have to see when it comes out. I think is, do you wanna keep hitting some more Blair or or hitting that uh hour and a half almost mark?
2: I'm trying to think. Yeah, there was like one other ship that I I'm just trying to scroll through real quick to see if uh see if I can jog my memory about what it what it was quick. Should we um, talk about Palp?
1: Uh, I was gonna say should we talk about the jump mess and how far it's fallen? Yeah, that, <laughs> how that, that, mighty could be have fallen. One. <laughs> like right. uh, the other I'll say like Sabine even changed too I like I like yeah it, Sabine, Sabine looks
0: really fun I can't believe I'm saying that but <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, like so Sabine reads um set up place one ion one jam one stress and one tractor token on this card after a ship effects suffers the effects of a friendly bomb you may remove one ion jam stress or tractor token from this card if you do that ship gains the matching token. I I think it's very interesting because you can make any bomb like do anything. I think the funny one is the uh, tractor token. So you can, if someone hits, let's say cluster mines exist. He hits one cluster mine, you tractor it into another cluster mine.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be dirty.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think it's some pretty interesting things, mechanics, you can add into there. It's some pretty dirty things. But I think it's interesting because you have, you have four charges of being... The four different things, and it's useful when you use bombs yeah. in different ways. So I, I think that's very a, a nice change in just doing. Here's a bomb slot, and extra damage for free, and being a complete ass. I said, "Want to talk about palp? Where is palp? There's palp."
0: So, uh, yeah. So palp does palp regen the force? Looks like it. Yeah. So while, yeah, while another regions. friendly ship defends or attacks, you may spend one force token to modify one of its dice as though that ship had spent the force. So basically you're telling you're giving that ship the soft focus that they would get from the force. And potentially something else if the if the force does something else as as well. So that's that's pretty interesting. It's uh it's more like the old palp in that you have perfect information, but obviously it doesn't affect blank results in any way, so don't quite don't quite get that token stack effect that you have. So that's really interesting. So I'm uh, those two sword championships, and I played uh, the Minoc special. Like I was definitely palping a lot of blanks because usually the first turn with Whisper, when she doesn't have uh, FCS rolled up, usually I'd I'd call palp on that first shot if I knew she was probably going to be safe and maximize offense. Uh, Same thing with Omega Leader, because you don't want to spend the lock, right? So, palp the blank, change it to a crit. So, that definitely is going to be a huge effect for the aces. So, I'm really interested to see what... Because you know know there's going to be guys out there that are still going to try to make the old palp aces work. So, it's going to be interesting to see what people go for.
2: I would would put money on on one specifically so um, uh so the the way i kind of look at it um if you really think back to you know kind of the the heydays of you know (laughs) blair i know this might be a trigger word for you but but atani right right um Mm -hmm. where you got the uh the the focus passing right Mm -hmm. essentially this is kind of what Pelp does now it you know it's basically Mm -hmm. passing one focus token and will when it kind of gets called right so Mm -hmm. um I don't think it's going to be super problematic. I think it's going to be strong, but I don't think it's going to break anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, from a cost standpoint, they'll probably just to err on the side of caution. They might start with a Palpatine charge, or you know, cost squad point cost pretty high, mm-hmm. and it might actually be one that gets reduced. Um, that's what I would kind of think happens. So mm-hmm. it'll still be a strong card, and I think they'll they'll find a way to balance it cost wise. But it might start off on the high end, and then Duncan will do little dances as they keep reducing its cost points. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, one thing with the Palpatine is plus one force. Not right now. We don't know any ships that it has can carry him, and already has pre-built. Force into it. If there's somehow turned to be a Lambda shuttle that has a Force power or Force built into its um, card, would would you could use the extra charges on that card with Palpatine? So, because he has plus one. So let's say you had two Force on a shuttle. you add Palpatine to it. So he has three Force. Could you use Palpatine three times then in a round?
2: The- Theoretically, yes. But here's here's the thing. If if you think about Force users in the in the universe, right? You've got Luke and you've got Vader, which we know. Uh, the Inquisitors and the Grand Inquisitor. Um, you maybe—I mean, this is just speculation—you might have Leia with a soft for- force ability of some kind, maybe just resistance. Leia. Um, you've got. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm blanking on maybe one other. Oh, Asajj. Asajj is the uh, the scum force user, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But that's about it, right? So I don't necessarily think you're going to see a whole lot of force abilities running rampant in the game, especially when it talks about a ship that can generate force as a pilot of someone who's going to be bringing Palpatine's crew. So
1: yeah, I don't see it as a possibility. In the future, maybe as something.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I guess I was even thinking the way they built this into the force mechanic. I don't even think you're going to see that, right? Like. Who is in the universe that's going to have force powers? That's going to be piloting a shuttle, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like is, Vader, is Vader ever going to hop in the pilot seat of a shuttle? You, you'd be quite surprised. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean that's but that's kind of thing because it's got to be Empire too, right? Because it's got to be it does have to be you uh, Imperial, know. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I have a feeling there's going to be out out of the box. Carter Jackson would probably be a force user, and that's how he uses his ability. He was he is the the Royal Guard. Uh, or the leader of the Royal Guard, the Emperor's Royal Guard, and took over after Palpatine died. He is a
2: Sith, not Lord, yep. but he was a Sith. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. And if he's in a, in, a, if he's in an Interceptor still, then maybe that'll be an Interceptor that has a Force Charge, um, which which yeah. could be interesting. Um, but uh, if he is changed over to a, like, let's say worst-case scenario, he's now a Lambda pilot, because reasons. They want Carner Jackson yeah. in a Lambda. <laughs> um, he's going to be... Pretty high initiative, I would think, but I mean, who knows? I mean, they might go low initiative yeah. with it. But if you have two charges on Palpatine, is that really that big of a deal? I mean, if you pay, well, okay. if you pay for it, is it really that game breaking? Because it's only affecting. No, it can
1: still be limited to maybe like you still maybe only recharge one per round. So yeah, for one turn you get to use two of them. And then you don't get to use two of them till you spend one turn of recharging.
2: Yeah, so I I don't necessarily think it's it's that big. Even if you have that magical unicorn scenario where Carter Jacks is piloting a Lambda shuttle and you got Palpatine riding in the back, you know, in the in the hot tub, and yeah, I, <laughs> you know you've got the the Force tokens that you can just kind of pass around. But um,
1: yeah, I don't think that's a thing. But just like I know there's a lot of pilots. This is going into like the EU and. The, I guess legends now like there's some weird pilots that you would want to take like right now the colonel the current shuttle pilots i believe colonel jenden is actually the leader of onyx squadron so he's supposed to be flying anti defender He flies a shuttle that's
2: that's good call yeah the uh, it, it'll be interesting to see there's a lot of random pilots yep that the, it'll be interesting to see where they actually move some of those weird pilots like for example uh, Thane Kyrell uh, you know, Lost Stars is one of my favorite, uh, Star Wars books. If anyone hasn't read it, he highly recommend it. Go, go find it and read it. Um, but, but Thane Kyrell, like in the next wing, in the, in the novel, he was an absolute badass. Um, and then we see him join 1.0 in an arc and it's like, wait, what? He mm-hmm. never even touched an arc. Like, this is dumb. Like I applaud the effort of getting yeah. him into the, into the game, right? Like full effort. Good jo- Good job. FFG, you know, picking up that guy from the extended universe but he should have been an X-wing pilot. It's glad I'm glad to see he's in, in an X-wing in 2.0. Um he's, I'm interested yeah, in PS5. Yes. X-wing which <laughs> I don't necessarily have a problem with cuz in the in the novel he was in he was an absolute boss. Um, Sienna, I I'm interested to see how they translate her into a pilot. Like we already talked about her crew card. Is she going to be in an interceptor? Is she going to be in a in a tie fighter? Well, I mean, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see, but that's another one that's kind of interesting. Um, so th- that's just kind of kind of cool to see where they'll actually place legit pilots. I'm wondering if we see Corn Horn as an X-wing pilot. Uh,
1: yeah, there's, there's a huge. Well, like they have put Garvin Dress in an set. Yeah, like
2: I would think you're gonna you're gonna move Tycho and Corn uh, uh, into X-wing options. And if you put Corn from if same let's say same ability, same initiative, everything. P. Pia- or you know initiative five Corn in an X-wing, same ability. Is that bad? I don't think so. I don't think it really changes no, much. right? I think that's
1: fine. Right? Yeah. fine. I think that's fine. Yeah,
2: I think it's fine. So um, I think that'd be cool, just give you options, different ships to put the same pilots in and, and see where the chips fall.
1: Yeah, um, yeah I to mean, see like, interesting. I want to see Merrick Steele in every ship possible. <laughs> and, and, and Kian Farlander in his Y-Wing. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I, I'm actually banking that we see that because, I mean, we already saw Nora in a Y-Wing already, so... Um, I'm thinking they're going to do that. They're going to leverage those known pilots that are flexible. They'll, you know, they'll put them in those different chip options. Um, I mean, it, it'll be odd to see if they put Wedge in a Y-Wing or, you know, I think he did a B-Wing once or something like that. But, I mean, if they do, I guess whatever. Uh, but uh, I, I would doubt they do. They're probably going to keep Wedge in an X-Wing. But uh, I guess we'll Yeah, stay. that's what
1: he's known for. He always went back to T-65. That was a shame. Yeah,
2: yeah. So um, I, I did want to talk about uh, the the yv a, a little bit because um, there's a couple things that i i am actually really intrigued by for the 2.0 yv um so i mean just to start off i mean a lot of people were talking about you know morello um so his ability if if you haven't seen it he's got two charges on his ability um so it basically says if you would flee uh, you may spend one charge if you do Place yourself in a in reserves instead, and I believe reserves is just off the board, the same place you would put the attack shuttle um, or anything that's docked. Um, or maybe there's some other things, like I think Boba Fett crew for scum does some things with things in reserve. Um, at the start of the next planning phase, place yourself within range one of the edge of the play area that you fled from. So, of course, a lot of people were thinking, well, hey, if you go off on one corner of the board, maybe even turn one or turn two, can you immediately put yourself right in range one behind uh, your opponent or flanking your opponent? Technically, yes, but you're in a YV. Is that really that big of a deal? well, depends on where your de- opponent deploys, right? If they're stupid and they try and joust the stupid YV knowing that you're with Morello and he can just fly off and then show up behind you, well, then you probably deserve to get flanked by the YV. <laughs> um, so I'm not necessarily really that worried about it. I think it's actually a cool, clever ability, and I applaud Frank for coming up with it, because he's taking credit for it. Um, the other aspect of the, the YV I want hit, to hit on is the Houndstooth. Um, so let me see. Uh, where's the Hound's Tooth title? It's just um, above it.
1: It's just a Z95-AF4 headhunter can dock with you. So that's any Z95. Yes,
2: so that could be in Drew. Uh, that could be... Uh, I'm blanking on the other name, <laughs> headhunter pilot. Kato Leachos? Yeah, Blechos. Yeah, K- if, if, if you want to. I'm thinking in Drew, personally, because that dude is super fun in 1.0. It's one of my favorite 25-point ships to... Put a lone wolf on him and a cluster missile and <laughs> guidance chips, and then just start yelling at come at me, bro, and have that eight dice attack get off, which is kind of crazy. But anyways, yeah, putting any headhunter on this ship docked, um, and the docking mechanism, from what I can understand, is for the Houndstooth title would be treated just like you would treat the attack shuttle for the Ghost, um, and then the only reason it would be treated differently is the Nashta pup itself. Uh,
1: yeah, the Nashtub Pup has the emergency deployment
2: moves yep. built into it. Yeah, so that's only on the explosion uh, or removal of the uh, um, uh, Morallo, um, or the YV. Uh, I was getting to the combination of this with Morallo, for example. Um, then you can deploy the, the Nashdup Pup. So my question was, uh, can you give the Houndstooth title to Morallo... Uh, put the pup on there, fly off the board early on, when you do, deploy the nashed up, and then put, you know, the YV on the other side of the board edge or whatever the next turn. <laughs> I don't know if it's good, but it seems like an interesting option <laughs> to, to play around with. Um... Now, again, the Nashed Up Pup, I think the only benefit of doing the Nashed Pup as the headhunter, as opposed to another named headhunter, is you probably get a significant cost reduction because you're only able to deploy this on Emergency Eject. So, you know, maybe it is the half-point equivalent of a headhunter or something, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure Emergency Deployment, you're probably going to have to take that bit of damage as it comes out, so you maybe lose a hit point on it when it does so. So... Um, I guess we'll see. We don't know what emergency deployment technically means uh, in 2.0. Um, but I I just kind of applaud it, because I think you're actually going to see the Hounds Houndstooth title used um, on some of these YVs. Because uh, I think the, the dial got a little bit of a buff, too, uh, if I remember right. Um, let me see if I can scroll up for it. Um,
1: uh, here it is. It got... No, it's exactly the same, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe
2: the three straight being blue. I think that's a little bit...
1: No, I, no I, it was happening did that, did
2: that before? Okay. Um, yeah. Did it have the four straight? Yeah. Okay. So maybe it does have the, the same dial, which... It looks
1: like it has the same dial, which is still Okay, fine. yeah,
2: which, which is still fine. I don't think anyone is really complaining too much uh, about, the, about the, the YV dial, so... Um, that's that's fine, but I, I just like the fact that the you know the Houndstooth title itself might actually see some play, and it's probably going to be costed you know appropriately, right? I mean it's it is a headhunter. I'm feeling actually so. the,
1: the Houndstooth would be free actually. You have to pay for the headhunter and full. Yeah,
2: that, that's what I mean. It might it's going to be costed appropriately. So if it's the full headhunter, yeah, sure, throw the Houndstooth on it, and you you can dock it. If you didn't pay for a headhunter, then I guess you don't need the Houndstooth title. So. Um, it might be one of those things kind of like the Slave 1 title where you just brought it in 1.0 to be thematic with, with Boba if you weren't bringing the Andrasta title um, that oh, yeah. kind of thing um, but yeah I, I just thought that the, the YV and the, the Houndstooth and the deployment especially with the potential combo with Moralo um, is an interesting space to to maybe look at for, for 2.0 and I again anybody that was kind of kind of flipping out thinking Morallo was broken or something. I'm like, I don't think you have much to worry about. It's a freaking YV. I mean, it's not that hard to outfly. There's no way to give it boost now. You know, it's not going to turn around very easily. If you're no. stupid enough and you deploy across from it to joust it and you let it fly off the board edge, I mean, that's the other thing. In order to pull this off, he's got to be hugging a board edge, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you see Morello going towards a board edge, be aware that he might do some magician tricks on you like
1: well it's also he comes at the start of the planning phase he has to be put back so you have the enti- you see he, him put a ship down now you can do all your dials recorded it, with
2: it. It, exactly it's not like he just pops up at initiative you know like oh hey i'm initiative four boom there i am he's not he's know? not
1: yeah he's not pre-nerf fandoms he's not way forward yep yeah he just he does what he wants he, he has placed them yeah
2: like. so i i guess it and maybe it's just because as a fan base, we might be a little bit more conditioned <laughs> to, to overreact yeah. to something that seems like it might be a little bit too strong. Um, I mean, we kind of did the same thing, maybe not overreaction, but we all had a tentative reaction to Luke, like we talked about. And, uh, you know, CNRE, I kind of brought up that one, seemed a little bit uh, interesting, not necessarily in a broken way, but I, I could see that being a little bit of uh, a challenge to maybe play around sometimes. Um but maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing either. So um, I just saw some comments about Morallo and flipping out. Now I did get the the whole rules thing of like, well, what happens if you fly off at exactly a 45? I'm like, then choose which board edge you want to come back on. I don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. like if you come off exactly at a 45, that's going to take some skill to do. So whatever, you know, go for it. If you want to teleport to the complete opposite corner in two spaces, ah, fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's a YV. I'm not too worried about having to flank a YV. Um, yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting. I think it'll be uh, something to see on the tables and see how it goes. And again, if it comes out that like, hey, yeah, him being able to kind of teleport a little bit and flank is a little bit too powerful, they'll just jack his point you know point cost up, and uh, it'll it'll be handled in that in that vein. Um, I mean, hell, I mean, he's the same initiative as Bosk now, so. So, so Bosk dropped down, I guess a little bit. Um, I guess we'll probably see a split between in 1.0 the sevens. We'll probably have an even split between which one of those go to four and which one of those go to five in the new scale. Uh, Bosk looks like one that got dropped down to four, um, but he basically keeps the same ability. So, um, it'll it'll be interesting to see how he uh, he transfers over to 2.0 as, as well.
1: Mm-hmm. What did it change? Yeah, it pretty much exact same wording. Oh, well, not wording, but exact same uh, ability.
0: Alright, well, I think... I
1: think that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I... I just want to bring up the sadness of the master because it has... <laughs> the only way it can turn its turret is by red maneuvers. And it can barrel red. It can't... It, it, <laughs> no more green turns. Hard turn in one direction is red. It can only swoop in one direction. <laughs> it's sad. Sad
0: times for the jump.
1: Good, good, good riddance. I'll,
0: I'll send a tear <laughs> for it.
1: Yeah, it, it has a one-turn arc. <laughs> it's, not a double, it's not a double. turret. Yep. It does yeah. have linked actions arc. though. It does, but that's how. You, that's the only way to turn his turret. It's linked. Yeah. <laughs> it can't turn. It can't uh, turn It's, turret it's otherwise. got
0: the punishing one. Titles pretty interesting. So, Deng, so Dengar. After you defend, if the attacker in your front arc, you can spend a charge to perform a bonus attack against them. But you only get one charge, so you just get that like.
1: It's it's a, a reach. It, no, it has a little arrow. Oh, so, he it. so his ability See, is
0: basically he, the same.
1: It is the same,
2: yes. Okay. The the way like so the way I look at the punishing one with Dengar, I think you're gonna want to fly this, especially because of how much different the dial is. There there's so much more red. Um, I think Dengar himself will still see play because he's an initiative six, which is rare in 2.0. His ability is still pretty darn good um, with the ability to kind of double tack with the revenge shot once per turn. Um, I think you're going to see him flown with the arc straight ahead and he's going to become more of a jouster with the ability in emergency situations to rotate the arc. If he needs to, right? Um, Because the Punishing One is encouraging you to use your front arc to get the extra attack die. So I think you're really going to see the Jumpmaster flown, at least Dengar specifically. He's going to be flown with that arc pointing forward, like he's a traditional ship, like an IG or whatever big base ship that has a front arc, like a Lambda or whatever. And then he just has the ability to point that arc in different ways if he plans ahead of time. Because if he rotates the arc, like Kaylin said... That gives him a stress token, which means now so much of his dial is completely turned off because he's going to be stressed.
1: Well, he's no more hard one greens. Like, he's de-stressing going 1-2-3 uh, forward or 1-2-3 bank left, yep. and that is it. Yep. There's no more. Yeah,
2: so there's plenty of counterplay here, right? So um, I think it'll be an interesting ship. Um, I think because of how much it got hit on the dial side, it might be costed You know, uh, more... Uh, conservatively, um, it might keep
1: its twenty-five point cost base. Yeah,
2: and you might see the torpedo slots coming back because if the dial I is believe
1: it's already mentioned that or is rumored that their torpedoes coming back because they, they since they're so much weaker, they can't line up the torpedo shots with a barrel and all the other things with the combined. They still don't have an Astromech slot. And only the Punishing One does. Yep.
2: Yeah, and I I think that's probably fair. And it's not going to have like double torpedoes or whatever. I mean, torpedoes now have charges on them, so they'll have multiple shots. But, um, yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes. But they again, they can always adjust things with cost. And at the heart of the ship, that dial really does hurt it a lot. So I don't think you're going to see them go out of control. And for those that do fly them, like I mean. Obviously, Marcel. I'm sure he's going to try and try and make him work. Right? He'll probably find ways to to make him work and, and fly well because Marcel's great, and he'll figure out ways to when to move the arc. When?
0: oh,
1: yeah.
0: oh we Lost really as well.
2: Oh, lost Will. Oh, in my back. There
0: There you
1: go.
2: Okay. I think I might have just happened to hit hit the uh, mute on my thing. So I don't know what I was what I was on, but basically, I think the jump master. Yeah, the the dial. Hurted it enough that I don't think we're going to see it run rampant anymore.
1: I don't think it's going to be the blocker it was before. No. Def- is Can't just... A lot more difficult. Yeah.
0: Can't hard-turn barrel a hard-turn barrel, like, no.
1: It can, to the left, once. I <laughs> once. mean,
2: expert <laughs> expert handling as a, a talent, or I guess the, the what they're calling the new EPTs, to make the bar- barrel roll white, like on yeah. Dengar, might be pretty yeah. solid, right? Yeah, it be. Uh, yeah, it might be. But it, it's only going to be limited to, like, a Dengar or maybe Tel or something. You know, like, they're going to have to be the elite elite pilots to make it white, so... Okay. You can't...
1: Yeah, we don't, I don't think the content scouts can have a talent no, slot. No, def- definitely not.
2: I don't think you're going to see generics with talent slots very often. All
0: right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, according to Ricky, who... This word is basically shit at this point. We're gonna <laughs> record next week, and I assume we're just gonna talk about more 2.0. So potentially be on the lookout for that. But uh, other than that, I think uh, think that's it. Oh, I got one shout out. So Kalen and I are going to. There's a system open in Seattle, and in, in June, Kalen June 16th. Yeah. No, June 23rd 24th. And we got a house in Seattle, and we still got tons of room. So if anyone's thinking about coming out here on the fence, uh, feel free. It's super cheap. It's only going to cost like 30 bucks a night to stay at the house, have your own bed. Looks, looks like a pretty nice house to me, Caitlin. So. Yeah,
1: it's, you probably have to share it. Well, it does look at a nice house. But it's like, yeah, there's room for 10, I think. Yeah. I think there's a lot of It's like there's probably two to three beds per room. But, whatever, it's a bed. Yeah. Uh, then we'll be we'll, we'll have vehicles, so I don't think, as long as you can get there, we're going to have be moving people to park at the uh, venue yeah. anyway. Yeah, so you will not have
0: to pay for an Uber or parking or anything, so... But there's only, like, five of us right now.
1: Six? I thought you got the sixth person. We have a seventh, I think, with, uh... Well, I'll, I'll can talk with you more. We have another person that's interested, so. Oh, okay. But still, there's but, still some yeah, room. Yeah, still
0: some room, so... Hit us up if you're interested. You can email the podcast or just uh, hit me up on Facebook. So, uh, till then, uh, thank you, Galactic Hollow and good hunting.